Hi, I'm Billy Shore. Welcome back to Add Passion and Stir. It's our podcast about food, hunger, passion, and making a difference in the world today. Over the past few weeks, we've explored the American Rescue Plan's expansions to the child tax credit. For decades, the child tax credit has helped with the cost of raising a family. But many of the most vulnerable Americans were ineligible for the credit because they didn't make enough income to file taxes. A significant change came when the credit was turned from an annual lump sum payment into a monthly benefit. But this isn't an easy change. I recently spoke with House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, and one of the things she said really struck me. She said, the laws we pass don't have the impact that they should unless organizations like Share Our Strength and others make sure that everybody who's eligible for the benefits actually gets them. And in Ad Passion and Stir's recent interview with Congressman Jim McGovern, he explained that the experience of accessing these new benefits needs to be as easy and user-friendly as possible if the changes are going to succeed. Right, and that's important because, look, for a lot of people, when you talk about government anything, it's overwhelming. Uh, I mean, and it's like intimidating sometimes. And and sometimes people don't know who to call or where to, where to go to get information. Uh, and if you call the wrong place, you may be, you know, on hold forever. So it's like, I mean, we want to make this as easy and as user-friendly as possible for everybody. In this episode, we've talked with leaders at two organizations who are using technology to not only make sure that all eligible families are getting the expanded child tax credit, but also trying to make it easier to access and use other government benefits like SNAP. Stay with us for a conversation with Amanda Renteria, the CEO of Code for America, and Jimmy Chen, the CEO of Propel. Code for America is working with government and community organizations to deliver equitable digital tools and services. Propel is a software company fighting poverty through technology. We're so glad you're here with us today. We'll be right back after a short break. No Kid Hungry's work is fueled by the incredible generosity of partners like Hickory Farms. Since our partnership began in 2008, Hickory Farms has raised over $7 million to support No Kid Hungry. You can learn more about our partnership and purchase gifts that give back by going to hickoryfarms.com slash nokidhungry. For every give back gift box and filet gift purchased, Hickory Farms will donate $5 to help end childhood hunger. Amanda Renteria and Code for America have been working since 2009 to make it easier for people to receive and track government benefits. We've been around a while. We've been around about a decade. Um, and the entire idea is we want to build a government for, by, with the people in the digital age. That has been the mission from day one. And I have joined this team and Code for America at a time where, uh, frankly, about a year and a half ago, I felt like I wasn't sure where politics and policy was going. And I looked around the country and looked at institutions that were actually doing some of the work on the ground that was bringing trust back into institutions, that was reaching real people, that was involved in how do we make government just work. Um, and Code for America was there working on programs like food assistance, working on programs like tax benefits to help folks really access them, working on things like Clear My Record. And so what we do is we leverage technology and partner with government to try and help them reach people where they are. And I know that sounds simple, um, but we have old legacy systems and old styles of doing things. And our job is to really try and connect with and build a partnership with government and the idea that we can be a bridge to real people out there. 
Similarly, Jimmy Chen founded Propel in 2014 with the goal of helping more Americans manage their SNAP benefits, save money, find jobs. When we connected, he described how Propel delivers on this mission. What did you and your team do to understand or to solve problems that uh, you might not have intuitively understand, even though you grew up with some, it sounds like some food challenges in your own uh, household. And I know at one point, uh, as part of understanding this better, I think you actually signed up for SNAP to see what that process would be like. But uh, tell us a little bit about how your team uh, really tried to learn about something that was maybe not in their immediate zone. It's a big learning experience for us that we tried to approach with as much humility as possible, because even though, you know, I and others on the team may have some personal background dealing with food insecurity, the reality is like uh, things change and approaching the uh, the research that we were doing and the work that we were doing with a lot of empathy and a lot of just humility. And maybe we just don't understand. And step one is to try to talk to people, get their point of view and understand it as best as we could. So uh, I started Propel through a fellowship called Blue Ridge Labs. It's run by the Robin Hood Foundation, which is the largest anti-poverty nonprofit in New York City, um, focused on just talking to low-income folks across the five boroughs of New York City to understand what challenges they face and so that we could build some, ki some kind of technical prototype that might address some of those challenges. And so, uh, you know, in the early days of Propel, it really started from just talking to folks who are using SNAP benefits, who are applying for SNAP benefits or already um, enrolled in using SNAP benefits about their experiences, about what was easy and hard about it and how they felt about it. And one of the things that, uh, you know, that, that really led me to in the early days of the company was applying for SNAP benefits myself to get a sense of what the application process was really like. And one of the things that I was struck by was walking into the SNAP office in Brooklyn um, and seeing a line of about 100 people. And the vast majority of people there uh, were waiting in line to fill out some kind of form related to the SNAP program and were passing the time with a smartphone in their hands. So in a single snapshot, there's sort of this opportunity of like, yeah. So there's this glaring kind of juxtaposition right in front of your eyes. Yeah, that like the problem wasn't hardware, right? The problem was that the the software on the phones didn't do the thing that these people needed to do around the SNAP program. And that, so that just seemed like to me a very tractable problem and a solvable opportunity. Both Code for America and Propel are working to supplement the government's efforts and in some ways do what the government can't currently do on its own. Why does the, the federal government need to turn to a nonprofit to build something that is so seems just so logical and so obvious in this day and age? Well, there, there's a couple of reasons that have happened over time. One is that the systems are legacy systems and tough because they don't have the flexibility that you would normally see, let's say, in the private sector. Um, there are also just gaps in tech talent. It's moving so fast. And how are we making sure our government stays connected to, has on board tech talent that can iterate in real time? Um, and three, you know, the child tax credit uh, to, to IRS's credit, <laughs> they have worked really hard to get a non-filer portal up as fast as they could. I think one of the things I'm really appreciative of having worked on the Hill for a decade is that you can write policy and legislation, but there's a whole world that it creates to execute it. And especially when you're trying to execute in a very fixed, rigid, hard kind of environment. Um, so kudos to all the folks who have put out the pre revenue procedures and all the wonky stuff that no one hears about, but that are required for us to even build a mobile access 
friendly application process. So there's a lot of work on the back end that is done by government, but frankly, the systems aren't flexible enough to move in real time, to iterate to the kinds of population and communities we have right now. And that's what we're helping government to do in real time in a pandemic as fast as we possibly can and trying our best to reach as many people as we can. What's your opinion about, you know, why did you have to do this? Why why wasn't this built into the government's program in the first place? Well, I, uh, I think, you know, in years of Propel working with folks who work on the SNAP program on the government side, we found that people within state governments in particular are incredibly passionate and incredibly mission aligned and incredibly focused on the best outcomes for the clients that they serve, but they deal with a lot of constraints and a lot of challenges. And especially when it comes to building technology, uh, that usually means procuring that technology from a technology vendor, which usually means finding the right vendor and finding the money to do it and all these other things that make that process incredibly cumbersome and, and, and complicated. Um, you know, we, uh, as a private company that's outside of the government and that is not a government contractor, I think we have some disadvantages, but also some pretty big advantages. And the biggest advantage of which is flexibility, that we can identify a challenge that people who get SNAP benefits face, we can build software that solves that challenge, and then we can ship that directly to the user. And that we don't have to uh, go through sort of the hoops and the hurdles involved um, in, in, in getting that product shipped. Um, and so that's a big part of the reason why I think we've been able to have traction in this where governments have not been as successful in building the kind of user-friendly software that people use on a day-to-day basis to manage these services. I think broadly, though, I, I do subscribe to like the Barack Obama way of like, we are the ones that we've been waiting for. So not to, you know, to pat myself on the back too much here, but I, I do think that there's a lot of like, um, you know, when you identify a problem, uh, instead of necessarily spending all your time thinking about like, why hasn't someone else solved it? The answer sometimes is that like, there's something that we can do to contribute to address that problem. The increased child tax credit went into effect in March of 2021, and it started to be delivered as monthly payments in July. But this switch required coordination and collaboration from multiple government agencies. Code for America and Propel both identified that they were in a position to support the government in the implementation of the expanded credit. When we talk about the child tax credit, the first thing that I I have to say is that it's just such an incredibly important development for low-income families across the United States. And I can't underscore just how critical it is um, for for, for parents who use our app to be able to get this money to to pay for things for their kids, especially now as we're in the back-to-school season, um, that we really hear very clearly the need that people face and that can be addressed through the child tax credit. So prior to the child tax credit, uh, we surveyed our user base to understand sort of food insecurity as well as other factors of what kind of people we're dealing with. Um, About two thirds of our users tell us that they're behind on their bills. Um, About a quarter of people who use our app, and these are all folks who already get SNAP benefits, uh, tell us that they skipped a meal in the past month because they didn't have enough money. Um, And so as we think about sort of uh, the financial challenges that these families are in, the ability to get an extra 250 or $300 per child per month is just a life-changing number. Yeah, I mean, when you just look across anti-poverty programs, programs that are helping people out there, we know programs like Earned Income Tax Credit is one of the most effective programs. We also know that it leaves out a whole heck of a lot of people, millions of people, um, to be very clear. that may not have any income or have 
too low of income um, for some of these tax credit programs that have been out there in the past. What's really just amazing about the child tax credit is it it is a check to you for child care services. I think um, most folks might not know, um, but we are woefully behind some of our other uh, industrialized partners in the world that there should be um, more resources for childcare. I think anyone in the pandemic, I, I have kids at home. <laughs> it is clear um, how much and how much it takes, the resources it takes for childcare in general. Um, and so I, I can't state enough just in how important it is that we are offering resources for that, that we see this as a country, an important item for all of us to invest in. And child tax credit is new in the sense that it is intentionally trying to reach folks who have never, ever filed for taxes. And in some cases, didn't file for the stimulus as well. I think sometimes people think stimulus payments are just checks that go out to everybody. But in fact, you have to have um, filed for taxes in order to receive it. One of the things about the child tax credit, you also have to file for it in order to receive it. And so our task at hand right now is to reach a whole host of people who have never, potentially never in their lives filed a tax form. And a piece of that is tax forms are hard to file. And we're just trying to make that process easier at a moment where the window is open and there's a program available um, for folks who might not have filed before, who might not have had reason to file before. Um, And now's the time to do it at a moment where you know it is incredibly difficult for families who have kids at home to try and manage the pandemic that's happening and everything else that's going on. Um, So we are honored to really do this work and feel a heavy sense of responsibility to do it as fast as we can, as best as we can to reach as many families as possible. While the expanded child tax credit means that nearly 60 million children are eligible for the benefit, getting everyone signed up is the real challenge that we face. One of the challenges that we're most focused on at at Share Our Strength uh, is the, 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 the belief that it actually takes more than food to fight hunger. We tend to always think reflexively about, you know, how we feed people. But in the long run, uh, we need to put people in a position or help people get to a position where they don't need food assistance in the first place. And we've been very excited about the child tax credit and the kind of the flexibilities it will provide for families. I know that one of the things you found in your uh, research was that uh, when the stimulus payments came out uh, uh, initially at the beginning of the pandemic, 50% of low-income families did not receive at least one of the stimulus payments that they were they were eligible for. And uh, one of our concerns is that uh, many of the families who need the child tax credit the most may be the least likely to get it because they're not currently tax filers. They're not in the system. When it was formed in 2014, Propel created a free app called Fresh EBT, and it helped Americans manage their SNAP benefits. Our work at Propel is really on helping the child tax credit really achieve its promise for low-income families. And that the, the positive impact of the child tax credit can only happen if people can receive the benefit in real time seamlessly. Um, and so the number that you cited was a really important one for us going into this work, which is that, you know, uh, the, the vast majority of Americans got these three stimulus payments over the course of the last year and a half and got them fairly seamlessly through direct deposit. Because if you filed your taxes over the last two years and haven't changed the bank account um, that you filed taxes with, the IRS just direct deposited the money into your bank account. 
But for the majority of our users, actually, they either didn't file taxes in one of those two years because their income was too low such that they didn't need to file taxes, or they've changed their bank account since their tax filing. And the, the research shows pretty clearly that the lower your income, the more likely you are to see bank accounts as disposable and to run through them pretty quickly. And so um, that's really the, the, the challenge that we are trying to address around the child tax credit. And we're doing that by actually issuing a debit card to our users that allows them to receive government benefits like the child tax credit via a straightforward direct deposit mechanism. We're essentially bundling this debit card into the provider's app. So if you use providers to use uh, to manage your SNAP benefits, we are giving you a no fee uh, on a monthly basis, no overdraft fee card that allows you to also get benefits like the child tax credit seamlessly and quickly. So what kind of uh, obstacles do you have to overcome to get um, to get take up on that? I would assume that, um, if, I mean, it's a little bit complicated when somebody offers me a new card, I'm always a little bit wary of, you know, what else comes with it and, you know, what other, uh, you know, you know, potential liabilities I might find down the road. How do you, uh, how do you kind of convince people that this is a good thing? Totally. And this is something that we've actually been working on for about two years at Propel since before the child tax credit was, was authorized. We've been thinking about what are the ways that we can improve the financial health of our users beyond just the SNAP program. And so this is really us taking our next step in that direction. Um, to answer your question, I mean, the, the answer is basically we need to meet our users where they are when it comes to their finances. We need to be a financial product that, that speaks their language and that talks about the specific financial needs that they have, which for someone who gets SNAP benefits, it's probably a little different than the average American or somebody who's, uh, you know, who's making $70,000 per year. Um, that for a lot of people who use our app, one of the big pain points is how do I get the government benefits that I qualify for and how do I get them seamlessly? Um, and so one of the things that we try to do really natively on, on the card I tell people to navigate the variety of different cash benefits that they uh, that they can receive and help them to get those onto the provider's card. So things like the child tax credit, but also the unemployment program, also the SSI program, and sort of all those things combined, we think can help us to achieve this this idea that uh, you know financial life for someone who's low income is very complex. And seeing all your government benefits in one place through a financial tool can be really, really powerful. In partnership with the White House and the Treasury Department, Code for America built a free tool called GetCTC.org, and it's to help non-tax filers sign up for the child tax credit. The app's free to use, it's accessible on desktop and mobile, and it's available in English and Spanish. One of the things we learned last year um, when we did our EITC program called Get Your Refund that is also um, mobile, accessible, and in, and in dual languages, et cetera, we learned quickly that, yes, you need to have a great system that catches folks, but to the extent that we can um, have what we call navigators, community-based organizations, VITA sites in the Get Your Refund example, that that really does help throughput. That really does help families get through the process because it's there are different layers to why people haven't filed. There are different barriers that people face. And what we've learned is the system itself is a really important aspect. And to the extent we can do even more to help community-based organizations really reach into communities and work them through the process as well, um, we can reach more families. And so we see ourselves not just as building the, the portal that can catch folks, 
but trying to build the ecosystem around it um, that not only not only help with throughput, but also strengthen that social safety network in your communities so that people have the resources they need for childcare, as, as an example here. But these tech solutions only work if people know about them, which means outreach is critical. How have you calibrated what you're hoping to achieve by by when, by what time frame? Yeah, so this is an interesting um, piece because it's it's new, right? And we don't know exactly how many. And so one, we, we continue to, uh, what we like to do with partners is not only create the connection, give them the toolkits, but also actually in real time, talk about how many people are actually coming through. Where did they fall off? Why did they fall off? Um, for us, at this point in this product, we are still very much in a learning process of, you know, folks that come in when we do have, we've had now a couple thousand, actually more than that, I think we're, we're at five or moving in on 10. But we, we, lear- we are learning in real time. And what we know about that is a better we can get at finding those barriers that and finding when we hit a community-based organization that um, where we can connect with and throughput is really high, we're going to lean into that even more. So at the moment, we're in the very early stages. And that, that's one of the things that when you talked about not appreciating, um, not appreciating the extended period that's required to execute on programs well, my lesson learned is how long it takes to actually not only make communities aware of the programs that are there, but to bridge that and to learn how to bridge that also takes time. And so some of this is about you know, having the grace and time and being honest with policymakers and stakeholders that this does take time to embed it in communities and basically right now to build the trust you need for any kind of tax program. And I've said that quite a few to old colleagues on the Hill, which is when IRS shows up at your door, you're scared and nervous. And um, having grown up in a low income rural immigrant community, um, it takes time until I open the door and go, okay, I'm listening now. And so I think that's part of Part of our understanding here is um, we've got to realize this is step one and we, we need to actually invest in it more because that's the only way these kinds of government programs work over time. One of the things that we always, uh, we always want to do and we always want our partners to help us with is just to raise awareness of the challenges that a lot of low-income families are dealing with. So as one very tactical example, the challenge of navigating the IRS portal to change your direct deposit information. That's a, a challenge that I think maybe doesn't get a ton of uh, play because it seems kind of niche or it seems kind of like a very specific thing. But as we think about the the, the different challenges that low-income families come into, you know, we really want to be able to communicate those clearly so that uh, policymakers and decision makers throughout the country understand exactly what's happening for low-income families as they try to navigate these essential benefits. Renteria and Chen are optimistic about our collective ability to get everyone who's eligible for the child tax credit enrolled. One of the most important things that I'll say to folks out there, um, and I hear it quite often, is government can't do this kind of work. Government can't. And what I hope is also the message is that it can, that it is possible, that we're seeing it. Part of um, the pride that Code for America has in having built the non-filer portal and now being out there in the way that we are is because it is showing it's possible to do it in a new way. And it is um, really acknowledging the work of public servants out there who not only have made this pos- policy possible, but who are really dedicated to making it work for real people on the ground. 
What we are really excited about is reducing the friction for consumers um, to get their payments the most convenient way for that person. Um, this is kind of an ongoing uh, challenge that, 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 that I think doesn't necessarily have easy answers, but it's something that we're really committed to working through, which is the idea that like, you know, for example, with the child tax credit, the IRS operates a portal where somebody can log in and change the account that their child tax credit payments are going towards. What we've heard from our users over the past couple months is they're really grateful to have the opportunity to change their payment information, but that a lot of people are struggling to get through that, that uh, the kind of the login process on that website because of the amount of information that's required because of just the complexity of that process. And so one of the things that we're, we're really excited about is how do we decrease the friction um, for people to navigate those processes, for people to get into easily change where their bank direct deposit ought to be. Because I think that's the kind of thing, it seems like a small detail, but it's the kind of thing that in our view will make the government and safety net services feel so much more uh, responsive to the needs of individuals. And, and I think that's the kind of thing that goes a long way in, in, in improving trust in government. For more information on Code for America, go to codeforamerica.org and also check out getctc.org. And for more information about Propel, go to joinpropel.com and check out their mobile banking app at childtaxcredit.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of Ad Passion and Stir. We'll be back again in two weeks with the final episode in our Child Tax Credit series, and we'll talk about the impact that the credit's having on families and what you can do to help make the changes permanent. Thanks to our team at Share Our Strength and the No Kid Hungry campaign, in particular, Courtney Smith, who has helped with this episode. Add Passion and Stir is produced by District Productive, and our producer there is Paul Woodle, with support from Megan Cantrell on our team at Share Our Strength, Kelly Griffin, Debbie Shore, and Joanna Weber. Be sure to visit us at addpassionandstir.com. You can find more information about the child tax credit and past episodes of the show. And be sure to follow our podcast to get the latest episodes and bonus content. And of course, if you like this episode, share it with a friend or rate it so that others can find it. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Billy Shore.